Once upon a time, two men decided if they were making the cut. And then they made the cut. And now JT and Aaron are talking everything from wrestling to pop culture and beyond. Because it's no holds barred. Will you back down, turn and run? Or stand up with the best? Hey, it's no holds bad. Swerve, bro. Oh, I was gonna. At first, I was gonna say, what accent would you define that as? <laughs> it's Russoese. Okay. Did they come uh, before or after Christopher Columbus? Uh, bro, I think they maybe were right in between. Oh, okay, interesting. In between the Christopher and the Columbus. I see. You know me, in between Nina and Pinta. And Santa Maria. Ah, that bitch wouldn't get a push with me. I'll have Chaz punch her in the face. All right, anyway. So are, do people, are people just mad at Christopher Columbus in general now? Um, I don't know. Not sure. I mean, yeah, I guess he's canceled. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I can't speak to him as a as a as a person who mistreated the locals of a place he went to. I can't right. I can't really defend that. But I mean, probably a pretty brave dude to sail across the ocean like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's questioning his bravery. This is probably the genocide of the indigenous folk that he came across. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's probably a balance in there somewhere between like, you know, you don't have to worship them. Right. Right. So but you can acknowledge that he. Yeah. You can say, hey, look, he found the place. Which was cool. <laughs> but then he acted like a big piece of shit. Which was not as cool. Yeah. And he shouldn't be lionized. Roar. Now, what does that say about everyone in history that's like was a piece of shit? Do we just not lionize anybody? Do we judge them all by our standards of today? Standing on the edge of tomorrow, today? Sure. All right. Listen. Speaking of high quality talents, uh, tonight oh. here we are continuing our project, going through the greatest, or all, I guess. Yeah, all of them. All of the World Wrestling Federation Entertainment World Title changes. We're going chronologically through them, and then we yep. are ranking them all on a series of categories that you're going to lay out for us. Exactly. We rank them on match quality, mm -hmm. significance. Mm -hmm. Do you say significance or significance? Significance. Mm. Uh, the moment, build. And aftermath, and those are five categories. We each give a score out of ten, gives us a nice round score out of a hundred. And as of right now, our do you say hundred or hundred? Hundred, hundred, hundred. Hurst Helmsley. Yes. Um, our top score right now is a seventy-eight. Our lowest is a sixteen, and our mid-range is somewhere in the forties. Yep. Yep. For some so, context. 
So we go through the match, then we go through our categories, we rank them, and our goal is to just build the ultimate list, ranking every single world title change ever. Yeah, that's what we've been doing here. So we usually do what one or two an episode, depending on where okay. we at and who we be. Who we be now? Uh, today, yeah. today ends a pretty. I mean, I mean, it's kind of sad after today. Yeah, the last time we're going to talk about Sid on this podcast. But this is like three straight we're getting to talk about well two out of three i guess we're getting to talk about them because we covered it, the survivor series and the royal rumble in one episode now we're going to cover these two matches in one episode so yeah and these two are probably not as well regarded no but you know we'll see maybe memorable in their own right perhaps perhaps all right let's go to monday night february Ooh. 17th 1997 Brett the Hitman Hart taking on Psycho Sid. Psycho Sid. I don't care if it's Psycho Sid in the middle of the ring. So that was the night after in your house final four we covered in our last episode. So Bret Hart is our world champion. He won the final four match. He won the vacant title. And per the pre-show announcement, Sid, who was supposed to get a title shot on Thursday or Thursday, uh, did not get that shot because Shawn Michaels lost a smile. So Sid mm-hmm. was uh, to receive... A title shot now on Raw instead against the new champion. That's right. And uh, I had not – so I, I have not even – I mean I've, I have I had a vague recollection of this match. I always remember mm-hmm. the ending. But I did not recall how much of the show this, yes. this took up. This is a big Raw too because it's very early in the – it's I think it's like one of the first two hour ones they do, if not the first they might have had one right before it. But this is like the weird little bridge. Before they go to the, like the war zone look. And like the yeah. next week is a very infamous raw. The next week after this is the one in the Manhattan Center. That's the ECW one, right? Yes, because during this episode, Paul Heyman actually calls in and argues with Jerry Lawler on commentary. And then Lawler challenges them to show up. Right. The next night. So that's this one. That's the next one. And then I always forget the exact order, but there's like the one where they are in Germany, maybe the one after that, where they have the Bulldog Owen match. Right. And then I think is the debut of the new look. So Rise War. Yeah. So like it, this is all during that time period here. Yeah. Um. So this is a pretty like. I don't know if it was the end of an era, but it kind of is. It's like one of the last old school Raws with the little logo in the in the entranceway and like just a standard format. It's two hours, so there's change there, but it's one of the final normal Raws before we change to Raw's War. Yeah, and, and you can tell by the segment and, and everything that this uh, this bit with Sid and Brett is mm-hmm. that it doesn't fit in that old era anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind seeing it. I think it's neat, but like this really feels like a different product here. Yeah. Like I don't recall ever starting and restarting matches this many times because of not because of the, just because there's so much chaos going on. Yes. I'm really excited to get to like thinking of where Chad and I are on wrestling Warzone. Like one of our most recent episodes, we covered the night after survivor series and Ross still feels so stale. Like that's such a well-regarded, you know, we talked about it a bit, but it's such a well-regarded pay-per-view Right. And many think of it as almost kind of the beginning of the new era. But then you get to that yeah. raw taping and it's still a four week cycle, very stale. You're not getting your stars every week. It's still very much antiseptic. So 
but that's only you know 10 weeks well maybe a little bit more 16 weeks from here which isn't a yeah. ton of time in wrestling history i mean for me and chad that's like a year <laughs> we'll, we'll get there eventually but um it's just gonna be interesting to see how we how we shift from that in the end of november to this in the middle of february is so dramatically yeah. different it's crazy yeah and it speaks to something that we've talked about a while ago where um, it, it, we really enter an era here where, like, I feel the new generation era was very much Vince saying, anything can happen in the WWF. Right. But now it's actually like that. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like that before. You, like, you would, there's a formula. There still was. Now it feels the formula is just out the window. Especially in 97. I mean, 97, I think, is one of the years, more than ever, that they legit just throw stuff at the wall every week. Yeah, I think 02 was like that a little bit too, but um, 97 to me very much feels like, all right, what do you want to do this week? <laughs> just, you yeah. know, it's like, okay, what crazy shit? Who can we bring in? What random guys are going to show up? Uh, it, it's just like a weekly fight to survive. Yeah. You know? And so it's like they're literally just throwing shit against the wall and seeing what works. So it's such a fun year to, you know, I'm looking forward to reliving it for sure. Uh, oh, this, this episode of Raw is in Nashville, because, of course, the night before in your house was in Chattanooga, on the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Pardon me, boy. Is that the Chattanooga Choo Choo? Mm-hmm. Back 29. So, pretty big match here on this two-hour Raw. Give me uh, a shine. Good, like you said, it's a good show-long angle. They tried twice to have the match already, well, but Steve Austin interfered both times, and they yeah, had a so reset. I couldn't believe that Sid opened the show. Like yes. the show opens and he's coming out and he's so fucking intense. And it made me think that like, I really love that Sid needed no frills. Yeah. Like there's no weird costume. It's just him in tidy black underwear and a vest. And he's standing under that pyro, just fucking shaking to start the show. Like it just feels like a, like a house of madness. Mm -hmm. And I feel it's a very different reaction to Sid than the last time we talked about him. Yes. Like he's yeah. actually oh, definitely. loved here. And Brett comes confident as the first one. Brett comes confidently out and there's a standoff and it's crazy how much bigger Sid is mm -hmm. like a full head. And he's just screaming like Sid is just, I don't know what he's screaming. I can't make it out, but he's just screaming some sort of madness. And right before they're about to fight, here's Austin to mess it up. And I love, I don't know how you feel about this, that Sid just immediately takes it to Austin. <laughs> yes. Like Sid just like, fuck it, he's going to start fighting this guy. And it, it's good until a jacketed Pat Patterson, he's wearing this like bomber jacket <laughs> and bright blue pants. And in all the uh, chaos, Sid gets chop blocked. Yep. And he, he's injured, and the camera pans in on him, and it's just him going, damn it, damn it, <laughs> damn it, damn it. Well, he definitely thinks, like, that's it. And I would think yeah. many did, including myself at the time, figure, okay, here we go. Like, bait and switch. We're not going to get the title match. Just a yeah. tease. We're going to get some other nonsense here. Austin will get punted. You know, whatever. Th that was the vibe I remember having. Like, we're not going to actually get this match. So, you know, and then when it happens again, you know, you can well, talk about it, but when it happens again, even more so, it's like, all right, it's not going to happen. We're just going to get a brawl at the end of the night. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I, I love, too, that, like, I mean, because this is a show lying angle, I made sure to watch all of it. And, like, I just love that, like, 
they're trying to regain order. They cut away to recap the lost smile. And then they cut to the back and Sid is in mid-scream. Like it's like, all right, let's find out. Ah! <laughs> there's no there's no pause. And he goes, even if my leg wasn't broken, it wouldn't matter. He's sweating. And Kevin Kelly has the balls to like speak after Sid. Again, I you gotta commend Kevin if you ever talk to him again that like this is a really really brave thing for him to do considering <laughs> who he's talking to. And I love that they cut to Brett too after the first match, and he's just like, Well, you know, it's just what it is. He's just super calm. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm look I'm looking out. I don't care if he says psycho Sid. I psycho Sid. Sid. You know, and psycho Sid. Um, and he goes, I'm looking out for number one. I guess they knew what they were doing with him here, right? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not afraid of anyone. And Lawler is clearly trying to provoke him um, on commentary. And this is where they try to, like, go for it for a second time halfway through the episode. So it's like I've never seen a a Raw segment that has the same people in the beginning, the middle, and the end. And Sid comes out the second time a little less intense. He poses for the pyro, but they don't do the pyro this time. Um, And then Brad is, like, getting dressed as he's leaving his locker room. And before Brett can get anywhere, um, uh, Austin attacks him in the back and slams him into a garage door. And the garage door is so good because every time Austin kicks him, it makes this awesome sound mm-hmm. like bam, bam on it. And I don't know. I don't know. How, I, I wish I could have been in the building to watch. But Sid, Sid is suddenly there fighting Austin again. Like he must have ran from the ring. And then Brett. Brett and Sid are fighting over who gets to hit Austin, which I think is an amazing touch. Uh, And that's what brings us to the third time we see the match. Yeah, and Austin and Sid is like, it wasn't really a feud per se, but Austin had been tormenting him too throughout this whole time period. So it's, it's, I don't want to say it's like kind of out of nowhere, but there there is like issues because all all six of these kind of guys at the top have been warring over the last two months, but... Like, mm-hmm. Austin did keep attacking Sid when he was champion, trying to get the belt. So I think it's partially, like, Sid's just sick and tired of this fucking guy <laughs> getting his way, you know? Yeah. Um, I was also alarmed at how many recaps there were. Like, so, like, I know we like mm. to think of that as, like, a modern problem. But, like, no, no. Like, there's, they recap everything every time we come back. Like, if you missed one second of the show, you're up to speed, like, by the time this main event hits. Yeah, I mean, I think they felt like they were just... Um, countering Nitro constantly. So I think they're just living in a world where they're assuming a bulk of their fans may be switching back and forth. Right. Or maybe they're watching Nitro and they happen to pop over during a break and they want to show you the hottest stuff to try and lure you in. So I think that was definitely a targeted approach. For sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I love, too, that for the third time, Brett comes out without the jacket and is looking back waiting for the ambush. Yeah, he just assumes it's coming. It's great. It's a great little touch. Um, and as the match starts, Lawler's like, finally! <laughs> yeah, well, it's exciting to finally get it, because, you know, you didn't, a world title match of Raw wasn't exactly too commonplace. I mean, Sean normalized it a little bit more in 96, but it's still not a ton. Um, yeah. And Diesel really didn't have many, I don't think, in 95 either. So it's not really a common occurrence here to have still have, like, televised your world champion having televised title matches on raw. Uh, so when it finally happened, it's like, okay, good. And we're for the first time in, in forever, maybe we actually have 
like chaos where we've had rapid fire title changes. So it's it's not out of the realm that this could happen. I mean, you of know, when not. Sean was defending his title, it's against dudes that like Hunter Helmsley, Marginetti, right? Like guys that are probably gonna win, uh, Fatu and Bret Hart, like stuff like that is usually what you get on TV. And those are guys that were the myths of like multiple month title runs. Now all of a sudden, here we are with you know Sean Sid beat Sean at Survivor Series. Sean beat Sid at the Rumble. Sean forfeited. Brett won at Final Four. So it's like the title is suddenly kind of hot potatoing a bit. So yeah, it's not crazy to think you know. And Undertaker is uh, I don't think they've named him one contender yet, right? So we don't really have a Mania match set. So like either of these guys really could come out of this and be set up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, too, that off the start, they sell really that Brett is like beat up from the night before. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I, it really isn't fair that he like like, you know, he's going to become a character who bitches about being screwed. But this yeah. actually isn't fair at all. Well, sure. I mean, Sid didn't even fight but, the night before. Right. Yeah, I would just argue that Brett knew the deal going into that Final Four match. So he accepted it under the pretense, knowing if he won, he had to fight Sid. Because Sid was... That Final Four match was supposed to happen either way. I I think that gets overlooked sometimes. Like, that was on the card. And Sid was supposed to fight Sean on on Thursday, Raw Thursday. Um, That Final Four match was to determine the new number one contender, because Austin cheated in the Rumble, and they stripped away the title shot. So all they do is, instead of the number one contender shot, they put the title on the line. So, I mean, really, the match was going to happen anyway, and Sid was supposed to get a title shot, and that would be the soonest time. So I think it was pretty pretty set up, you know? Well, they could have waited a week, in fairness. Like, if they yeah. wanted to, if, if they didn't want Bret Hart to snap and say never. it's bullshit. <laughs> it's now or never. Because I ain't going to live forever, all right? Um, Bret kicks his ass early in the match. Now, I find that, Brett and Sid don't quite have the same chemistry as Sean and Sid. Mm-hmm. Is it that Sean is just a bit better with big guys and Brett is maybe better than Sean with guys closer to his size? Uh, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I mean, mm. Brett, I don't know. I feel like what they do is make Mar- Marcus angry, but it's like, I feel like <laughs> Brett is the better. All right, this is going to be my comparison. Brett, I think, is the better seller. Yeah. Okay. But I think Sean's the better bumper. So I think against a guy like Sid, you're mm. not looking for someone to sell. You're not looking for someone to get selling the leg, selling being worn out, having a chin lock cranked on you. You're looking right. for the guy that's going to throw his fucking body around the ring and fly all around and bump like a madman, right? And I think, I think Sean just does that better than Brett. I think that's why Brett maybe is excels against smaller guys more because right. he's more likely to really sell a beating from an Austin or a flair or something like that. And it, it's, it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Like I was thinking about it in the car today too. And I was thinking like, it's like, I really do think Brett is probably a better worker, but mm-hmm. like I find Sean because of his bumping tends to be a bit more exciting. Well, look at the Undertaker matches, too. I mean, Brett finally yeah. figures it out, but it's it's what? It's with him as a heel, right? So yeah. face Bret Hart against Undertaker doesn't really work because, again, it's no. the same concept. Taker, right. you know, he's boring when he's grinding away, at least pre-MMA Taker, back in those days. Whereas Taker and Sean, 
in 97 is different. I guess Taker's, you know, Sean's flailing away and gets smacked around and he's flying around. So right. same concept is Brett and Taker finally works when Brett's the heel and he's in control. And I guess Roman 96, Brett kind of controls that match, but that, I don't know that, I, that I wash away that Brett Hart period post series 95 until WrestleMania 12 is <laughs> like a lost, lost time for Brett. It's just, the whole he wasn't happy. Work. He He wasn't a happy camper. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Uh, well, here Brett tries to be aggressive at the bell. Sid kind of swats him off. He's pummeling him with strikes. Uh, Brett keeps trying to fight back. Sid keeps cutting him down. He's punching and kicking. The crowd is kind of buzzing a little bit here, even as Brett's yeah. slugging Sid down. I think uh, Ross here notes that it's very likely Undertaker will get the title match of Mania. So mm. I'm curious. I guess they just come out and say it. It's weird that he's kind of hinting at it without it being official here. Right. And I'm I'm thinking, like, I guess once we get to the brand split era, it's a little different. But from 93 until 03, is this the only mania that's not decided by, like, the winner of the Rumble? This gets the settle shot. I guess 99, kind of, but Austin just wins it from Vince, right? So it's still the concept. It's not like they just change it and give it to someone else. So this is kind of the only time in that stretch where – the rumble winner doesn't get there and they just like pick a guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, for better or worse, like I actually kind of like this, that it's interesting and different. Um, mm. Cause like, I, I mean, I, I've always been a fan of the winner of the rumble gets the title shot, but yeah. I've always thought too, that after 10, 15, 20 years of the same story, it, it is interesting every now and then it's sh- shifted up. I mean, I guess you could probably put 94 in the boat of like, I know they get there, but at least it's different. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's interesting. The crowd is buzzing too, because, or like, I, I, I can't imagine that they were expecting a title change here. Uh, the crowd. No. Yeah. Because well, it, it maybe, just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it, it depends fast. on what you were expecting. Like they're not going to do Brett. I mean, I don't think they're going to do Brett Taker or Mania. Right. So like, I think at this point, if Sean's injured, which everyone knows by now he is. There's really only two ways that this can go. Either Brett's going to be champion and defending against Austin. Yeah. And if that's the case, why not just have Austin keep his rumble title shot? Uh, or Sid's going to win and defending against the Undertaker. Like, like those are kind of the only two paths. I think Brett defending against Undertaker is unlikely, and Sid defending against Austin's like the least likely. So, I think it was obvious we were getting Brett Austin at Mania. Like that had to happen. So the only question is, is the world title involved in that match? Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, maybe, like, I I can't remember what I was thinking at the time. I knew I wasn't analyzing it to that point, right? It was like, oh, my God, this is happening. That's happening. I, I, that is what I remember. What? Brett, Brett lost? You know, I remember thinking that at the time, not thinking who's going to fight who. Um, but, yeah, like, you could, there, there's a world in which Austin gets that title shot at WrestleMania 13, right? From Brett. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, considering it's the heaviest push, it's is it the heaviest push storyline in the company at that point? Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think the only thing in the way was you could feel that they were trying to get Taker into his reign finally. Like it kind of felt like that that swell was coming, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm assuming was the plan before Sean got hurt, like. I think Sean was going to lose the belt to Sid anyway at Thursday or Thursday. 
because the plan was Brent and Sean at Mania. I still right. I've still never heard anyone tell me where what Austin was supposed to do. That like that's still never really been articulated because you figure it's gonna hurt, be Brett. right? Pillman's hurt. Yeah, he's out of the picture. So take or Sid and Brett Sean is the plan. Like Austin Bulldog, maybe I guess they were kind wonder, of building toward that. I wonder where those plans happen because when does Pillman finally get hurt and is not able to work? It's it's early in '96, right? Uh, well, he gets the Pillmanizer thing is in is in October. Or like early, it's right before the gun incident, which is November fourth. So it's. Right See, I wonder if I wonder if they do that, hoping Pillman's going to be back. Because that, it's that, possible. Because those two things feel like big storyline components that you would always you would only do if there was a payoff. Right. Like, and not, I think not looking that I, at it, yeah, I think Austin Bulldog. I, I think that's where they were going, because all, they were doing that whole thing in the winter where Austin kept attacking Bulldog and Owen was kind of playing the middle. Yeah. Uh, and then even at the rumble, I think Austin eliminates Bulldog and even as recent as final four, like Bulldog and Owen are still kind of like getting into it a bit in yeah. bickering. And they're, they're about to break up when Brett interferes in that, on that raw, right after mania. So yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it was just meant to be Austin and Bulldog. That's what I think they were going to build toward is my guess. And Austin probably beats them. Imagine how different the wrestling world is if Austin fights Owen at 13 and gets his neck broken there. It's possible. It's a whole other world, right? Like, he never gets his over, you know? Um, but Sid and Brett are both really over in this match. Like, Brett is kicking the leg. And I thought Sid's selling was actually pretty good early on in this match. Like, considering, like, yeah. he's not really known as a, <laughs> a great seller. I'm also amazed by the size of his fucking boots. <laughs> they are huge. Well, they go up to his feet. knee on him. <laughs> well, that too, yeah. His feet are huge too. Yeah. Um, and and early on, after this whole legwork, is this the first appearance of the ring post figure four? I have that note as well. I, I think it is. I don't remember seeing it beforehand. He definitely does not do it at Survivor Series because Chad and I just watched that match, and I don't believe he did it. Um, and I don't think he wrestles like a ton ton between then and now. It, where he would have done it and the way they talk about it they seem like surprised you know they don't call it the figure like they go oh my god he's doing the figure from the repo like so it almost felt like they, it wasn't something they fully expected i wonder if that was like the, the thought entered brett's mind because sid's legs are so long right like it never occurred to him to do it to Shawn michaels even though he does later but it's like he tries it with sid and it's like oh wow this actually works and it becomes a staple I mean, all yeah. of 97, he does it a lot. Yeah, it's like that little kill move that he that he picks out. And I just find this whole match, at least to this point anyway, it's a cool story of technique versus power. Because, mm -hmm. like, Brett's doing a great job working him down, but Sid hits one clothesline and Brett's dead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's worn then, out. I mean, like you said, he's, you know, he's worn out. Of course. And Sid hits a massive leg. I don't know how high he jumps on that leg drop that he hits, but like the, the one off the middle rope or the, I'm just talking about the one off the ground. Yeah, that was good. The middle rope leg leg drop was cool too. Um, yeah. he hits, he gets a two count off of that. I was and, uh, like, yeah, I was just really relieved. He didn't break his leg <laughs> from his leg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brett keeps trying to find a kill shot, but he can't like Sid just keeps controlling the match. Uh, Brett throws it into the floor, and now out comes Austin. 
uh, through the crowd. He's back. Yeah. Sid punches him right as he arrives. He's I flopping love around. It. Yeah. Because uh, Sid's waiting for it. It almost felt like he was waiting for it. Uh, back inside, Brett tries to go to the sharpshooter, and he's kind of close to the ropes. And yeah, too close. <laughs> this is one of my favorite spots because, like, whoever was in this crowd, they have the air horn going throughout the night, <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. right when Austin pops up out of like, he's like a jack of the box. He pops back up and just levels Brett in the back with the chair while he has the sharpshooter hooked on. The ref doesn't see it because he's down with Sid. The air horns, burr, you know, blowing in the background. Brett crumbles. And I love, too, that Sid doesn't just cover him. Nope. He power bombs him and covers him. So it feels like he still kind of wins it on his own. Yeah. Um, and he wins the title. He wins the world title back. So big and, surprise. And I love how the announcers are treating it like, I don't know if Sid saw what Austin did. Right. But, yeah. like, he would not give a fuck what Austin did. Like, he almost murdered an old man with a video camera three months earlier. Yeah, no, it, um, yeah, it was, yeah, right. Like he would give a shit, but yeah, um, it, it was, it was well done. I thought the finish was really well done. It adds a ton more heat to Austin Brett, which, you know, now is a hundred percent coming at mania. Oh yeah. yeah this solidifies it. This pretty much locks in Sid Taker as well, uh, because Taker comes out at the end and stares at Sid. So, uh, it's clear that's where we're headed. We got our two. So not only do we get a world title change, we also get our two WrestleMania main events locked in all in a matter of like two minutes at the end of this match. Uh, yeah. The air horns are great. Again, I like that said it's a powerbomb. He protects Brett a lot on that powerbomb too. Yeah. yeah. In a way that he does not have any respect for Davy Boy Smith. No. Just <laughs> on his head. Yeah. The, uh, it's also a trivia note. This is the first world title change on right. Raw. So, yeah. It's a big deal. No, it's neat. Um, yeah, and I'm, it won't be the last. Did the Hebner slow count bother you? No, not really. I guess it bothered me a bit because he was never hurt in the match. Well, yeah, I guess. And then it's like, okay, why Why are you – like, I like the Hebner slow, slow count as a, as a device that's used often. Right. Yeah. I don't mind it. But, like – it's got to, like, why is he suddenly counting slow? Like, right, he it, hasn't been all match, right? Yeah, like, I mean, like, why are you counting fast for the small package earlier in the match? But now, after the power bomb, it's yeah, like... Dramatic effect, I guess. He knows Brett's not kicking out, so he knows he's going to have the drama. <laughs> uh, I thought the match itself was standard. The crowd wasn't super into it, but the end was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Sid is an unlikely two... I mean, he was an un- unlikely one-time champion. He is now a really unlikely two-time champion. Here yep. as he wins the belt again, so that that's really cool. Uh, Austin, you know, gets bred again. Their their wars raging on, and again, this is just big time stuff on Raw during an era where that didn't always happen, or at least it was starting to happen. So it's a really cool moment. And that was a solid match. I mean, yeah, it's not one that I don't. It's not gonna finish high in ring wise, but no, it, it was a fun one to relive. Yeah, like uh, for me, like a solid three star match, which probably evens out to a, it evens out to a six for me in terms of match quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have it as a six as well. Yep. Yeah. Now for significance, I went a four because I, I mean, it does lead us to WrestleMania, but I really wanted to factor in number one the chaos that's happening in the promotion at that point, but also the fact that it's the first title change on Raw. Right. I think that that actually matters and sets a precedent for what's going to happen over the next three four years. Yeah, I'd bump mine to a three from a two, um, just for that fact. I don't think I'd really factored in the, you know, that it was the first Raw title change, which was a big deal. 
And then, like you said, also kind of sets a tone for uh, potentially more chaos to come in the future of Raw. This was really the beginning of the new era of Raw, this match, in many ways. Yes, the title reign itself isn't that significant, but uh, no, no, but but the and and I mean I think this kind of bleeds into the moment too. I'm at a six for the moment. Um, I love the ending that mm-hmm. like like you, but I think there was something really cool about it being a show long angle that actually culminated. They gave us the payoff to the show long right. angle. Like they could have easily turned that into like a bullshit schmoz mm-hmm. and they didn't, they just get, well, it was a schmoz in some ways, but like I thought it wove in all the storylines that they were doing throughout the night and that they'd been doing for the past few months with Brett, with Austin, with Sid, even with Undertaker. So I thought they did a good job bringing it all together. Yeah. I gave it a five, uh, all the same stuff. It was the, the air horns, Austin with the chair, Sid celebrating, Taker coming out. It's, it's a pretty memorable uh, raw moment for sure. Yeah, 100. Um, I'm at a two for build because you know it's not a build. There's, it, I mean, it's not. Austin there's nothing Brett's really. really the build. I mean, that's yeah. And throughout the night. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, and as for aftermath, I'm at a three. Um, I don't think the title reign really does anything after this. I think the only really memorable thing that happens after this is that that night where they have the cage match where Brett freaks out. Um. And then it leads to the match we're going to talk about next. Yeah, there's there's not a ton following this. I mean, it pretty much just leads. It, and even then, you mentioned that cage match, Brett freaking out. It's, that barely has anything to do with the aftermath of, I mean, I guess it's Sid's reign, but doesn't really set up the next title match. I don't know. That's it's, true. Th- there's not a ton going on. It's it's like a continuation of the chaos that's existed at the top of the card since the fall. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so that nets out to a score of 40, and we'll mm-hmm. see where that lands on our list uh, as we go. But, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to hold it too well for too long. No, it's it's going to be toward the bottom. It's fine, which is fine. I mean, it's just it was a cool match, a cool moment, a cool night, as Paul Davis would say. But there's really not much to it. Like, historically, if it doesn't exist, it doesn't really change much. It doesn't matter, yeah. You know, if, you, if you think of these, like we, we kind of do this as we go. Like, if you snap this one out of existence, right, um, you're, not, you're not really losing much long-term. No, and you could still do the exact same match as you... I mean, you could do the exact same match at WrestleMania with the title on Brett. Yeah, or you could just say Sid gets handed the belt from Sean at Thursday or Thursday. I've got a smile! <laughs> I'll hold the champion. Uh Was it obvious? I, I, I differ from you here. I think so. You know, I think watching this at the time, like I, I guess the least obvious part of it to me was that Sid was like looked at as a multi-time championship type guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, I think that's the surprise. Like, oh shit! Like, wow! Out of nowhere, Sid all of a sudden is a multi-time world champion that seems impossible in like September. Well, in an era too, where like not a lot of people were multi-time champions, right? Like there was Hogan, there was Savage flair, I guess, but you know, um, Sid just seemed like the type of guy that was never actually going to get it. Like, it seemed like he'd always be the, always be the bridesmaid, always be the Denzel's friend, you know, never Denzel. (laughs) It it just felt like, I never get married. It just felt like he was always going to be the guy that just kind of comes up short. And 
and because they didn't trust him, he was going to go play softball, right? Like he was never going to be the guy that they strap up. So I think from that regard, it was a surprise. But I think in this moment, I don't think so. Because to me, as a fan watching, even at that moment, I really didn't think we were going to get Brett Austin for the title. It just didn't seem like it was going to happen. It seemed like they were trying to set up Taker. So I thought I thought Taker Sid seemed obvious for the belt, especially once this was announced. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I remember the time being surprised. All right. So that takes us, you know, a couple, about a month and a half after this, we head to Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, And if you want to hear our thoughts on the rest of the card, uh, (laughs) go back into the archives uh, on No Holds Barred. And we did a whole episode on how WrestleMania 13 is probably closer to the middle of the pack of WrestleManias than the bottom. Yeah. That, That was our general thesis, right? Yeah, I think so. And in two yeah. years on Wrestling Warzone, you can hear me and Chad talk about it. Yeah. See how it holds yeah. up. That's right. Uh, so we got Sid and Taker uh, at WrestleMania 13 in the mm-hmm. main event, but neither one of them comes out first. Uh, we are greeted at first with uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, his um, sadness didn't last long. Sure. And this was kind of a quite a talking point, like on the internet and different stuff, like at the time. And even like retro reviews later, I mean, you know, you said a month and a half. I don't think it even is. Isn't this like March 17th? I think it might be a month if that, that since Brett Sid. What's this mania date? Is it Mar- It's early, I think. It's the 13th or the 12th. It, it's one of those. Yeah, it's, I think it's one of the earliest manias. Yeah. Uh, March, March 23rd. So five weeks. Well, considering a bunch of them go into April, right? Right. Yeah, so it's I mean it's five weeks since Sean lost a smile, pretty much. So and here, I mean, he, you left Thursday on Thursday thinking he's retiring. Yeah, and you know? here he is dancing yeah. and singing and happy. And he first reappeared on that cage match raw that you talked about earlier, the Brett Sid one in the cage, right? Where they're all brawling and he walks out. It's very memorable to me because I think that's the first. It's either the first or second Warzone episode, okay. and. The cage is like half busted. Brett, uh, Sid, Taker, Austin are like brawling. Sean cool... walks around ringside with a chair. Ugh. And Vince I... goes, Sean Michaels has entered the war zone. He's in the war zone. <laughs> like, and, and it's like, all need... right, well, what's he doing? Why is he here? And then here he is like skipping to ringside, like all smiles. And it just, I could see why at the time Brett would be aggravated. Like it really no feels kidding. like he's rubbing it in. Yeah. Now, in fairness, the people are very happy to see him. Like, yeah. he's being pulled apart by fans. Right. Uh, like, but, yeah, like, like he wouldn't, I guess, look, I, I could believe a case that maybe he got the news from a doctor. Right. Um, and, then it, and then that just turned out to, not to be true. I can believe that. I can also believe that he didn't want to lose to Bret Hart. And so this is the result. Like, so mm-hmm. either one of those to me are equally as probable. What I do know is he takes fucking forever to get to the ring. Yeah. Like, they play his whole song, like, twice by the time he gets there. And Vince is all like, you talk about a ham. <laughs> Never heard him call anybody a ham. <clears throat> and I can't imagine this is what you want happening when the show is short on time. No, not at all. I mean, he's really playing it up. Um, I mean, it, and then... Yeah, the whole thing is 
the whole thing is interested. Um, Sid's on the run of a lifetime. Taker has a great entrance. Like Chicago's oh. buzzing as he floats out to the ring, and he has his old school gear on, which is cool too. Oh, I love that. Now I do find it strange that Shawn Michaels' entrance is longer than the Undertaker's. Yeah, which is maybe the last time in history that that's the case. Yeah. Uh, I Ross, love too that. Yeah, good. I love too that right before we got to the match, um, Todd Pet. They're like Todd Pettengill in the back with the most intimidating champion in history, <laughs> and then Sid goes, "Todd Pettengill, you are right, my friend." <laughs> I can't imagine Todd Pettengill felt safe in this moment. Never. Ross uh, Ross knows that Taker's never lost a Mania, so this is an early well, mention already. Hold on, though. What he says is, he goes, he has never lost at WrestleMania as The Undertaker. That's Why weird. on earth would he phrase it that way? Yeah, that's odd. Either way, he's undefeated, and then they mention it. I like that Sid gets the last entrance. It's cool. Yeah, it makes him too. feel like a big deal. Uh, yeah. He's dapping his fans at the top of his game. He wants to know who the man is. They're all pointing to him. Ah, oh, the man. And then out comes Bret Hart. Uh, he's pissed. Sean's shitting on him as soon as he gets to the uh, ring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brett Sean is like, imagine, imagine that. Bret Hart being resentful. <laughs> <laughs> Bret gets a mic. He's shitting on Sean and his injury. He says, him and I take are no longer friends. It's a new set of rules. Everyone knows that Sid's title belongs to Brett. Sid's a fraud. You slam the, the door in our friendship. <laughs> and Sid just has enough. He just turns and nails him and powerbombs yeah. him. And Sean pops like his favorite team has won the World Series. It's so good. Yeah, he's laughing out loud. It's so good. Did you, do you find Vince, the way Vince is hugging Sean, holding him back, very strange? Yeah, he's really like, it's weird. <laughs> Yeah, it's a full body hug. Uh, yeah. But then Sid Sid calls Brett, tells him to get his whining ass out of the ring, cry baby. Have a so, long cry baby. They're really going in on like the Bretts, a whiny bitch on this night. Yeah, and and just as they're doing that, fucking Taker just jumps Sid from behind. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck this! I yeah. want my belt." The match is on. Yeah, and, he uh, he goes right at him. And I can't remember another match where Taker had this like high energy at the start like this. Yeah, no, he's he's all in. He's unloading strikes. Um, Sid catches him on a charge and goes to a bear hug. We said that bear hug for a while. Sid works the back, goes back to the bear hug. Taker breaks free. They get a pretty cool spot. Sid like shoves him over the top rope, which looked kind of cool. I like that a lot. I Michaels at one point goes. It's got to be weird for both these guys to go in here and not be the biggest. But surely one of them is the biggest, right? Right. It's such a strange, again, another strange, like, weird comment. Maybe he thinks that, like, they're equal size? I guess, yeah. Which they're probably not far off. Yeah. And then Sean... <laughs> Sean then shits on Lawler and says, you won't even take these moves. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Uh, Sid follows out. He throws Taker over the Spanish announce table. He flies into poor Hugo and Carlos. Uh, Vince says both men requested this be no disqualification, and it was honored as such. Was that okay? Was that just him improvising that? Because it's not announced, it's, right? Is it just like okay, we're gonna call this audible and let them do what they want? It might have been once they did it, and he realized like you know this should be a DQ maybe. I don't know. Oh, by the way, Gorilla Monsoon said. Um, did you notice how much fucking fire extinguisher stuff was everywhere? Yes. Yeah. And it just gets but Taker's wearing black, so it's like all over him. I think they gotta clear that stood up. 
like yeah like it's it, it's like not only is there is there fire extinguisher mess all outside the ring but the ring is covered in blood also mm-hmm. like it's just all other people's mess yeah it's a slop fest yeah uh sid throws take her over the table into the post sid goes to a seated chin lock we slow way back down comma clutch uh, he hits an axe off the middle rope. The, he's calling to the crowd. I, I'll give the I'll give the crowd this. They stay with this match even through the the dead spots for sure. Sid uh, Sid selling on the jumping clothesline is <laughs> he's like already in full bump before like Taker's yes. like two feet away from him. Yeah, he's laid out. He's but Sid stays in control even after that. Uh, Taker pulls him to the floor. Throws him over the railing. That was a pretty good bump. They fight there. We go back in. We go back to the chin lock. Uh, Taker hold. breaks free. He gets a power slam for two. Then we go to the trapezius hold. Yeah, fuck right off with that. Like, as soon as I see that move in any match, I'm, like, already, like, on the verge of, like, turning it off. Yeah, it was, it's just too many wrestles in this match. Sid punches back. Taker blocks a boot and hits a hard clothesline. Then they both kick kick each other at the same time and wipe each other out. Sid goes back to that friggin' middle rope axe handle. It <laughs> keeps doing uh, he's pat- he's patting away, goes back to the middle rope again. This time, Taker hits him in the ribs. I love, too, there's one point where, like, Sid tries to pin him, and he kicks out. So then he tries to pin him again, and he kicks out, and Sid's just like, God damn it! <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, like... Sid, uh... uh Sid slams Taker, goes up top, but Taker blocks him, hits a flying clothesline, goes to the tombstone, where... Then Sid counters... And hits his own tombstone for two, which I thought was a great spot. That was great really near well fall. Done. Yeah, really well done. It's uh, just they, up to this yeah. point. It's just so slow. It, it's way too slow. There's oh. so much rest. There, there's too many instances where like they hit each other, they lie around. Like it, it's becoming very like this is like an 18 minute match, and yeah, it feels like 40. Yeah. It's very sluggish. Uh, the tombstone spot's great. I mean, it, it's. Taker's winning, obviously, but at, Sid retaining. I, the way these title changes have gone, you never know. Like, like I don't think it's that crazy if Sid retains. Like, like it's not that nuts, but it's you could see a world where Brett costs Taker. You know what I mean? Like it's not that of out of the realm. Well, that's coming uh, up later in the year. They tumble outside. Now Brett comes back. Yeah, he hits Sid with a chair twice. Vince calls Brett a loser. <laughs> yeah, all out on Brett. Different uh, jacket from Pat Patterson in this night as the as compared to the Monday Night Raw night. You think it's like a Richie Aprile's jacket? Yes, I definitely believe that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Hey, and it's, it's a this jacket. <laughs> it's at this point too that Taker fucks up a diving clothesline in the ring. Yes. Like Sid kind of ducks, but it just kind of looks like nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, Sid loads the powerbomb. Brett comes back again. This is where Sean goes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he comes back out a third time. Doesn't uh, he ever get tired of getting beat up? Sid goes to deal with him, but he uh, snaps his neck down the top rope. And then Taker hits a choke slam and wins the world title. Very slow uh, three count again. I think there was a good match in there somewhere. But all the rest holes has gotten away. Like, it's too bad that they don't really... They don't really know how to do the big ha sprint just yet. Like, no. Taker would master it later. You know, you ever, you always point to Goldberg, Brock. Like, they just didn't Taker, know how to do Taker, it. Taker, Taker Batista, Batista yes. is the template, right? They needed for this one. And Sid, Sid had shown in the past that he could do something like that, right? Yeah, and even Taker Diesel a year ago was better than oh, this. Yeah. I mean, I think that just worked. That for whatever reason, it's connected better. Like, I don't know if Nash is significantly better than Sid or anything, but it's, it's like. 
it for whatever reason that it just clicked better. But this just felt like it wasn't as fun because again the glimpses are there, but it's just too much laying around. I mean we had bear, we had multiple bear hugs, multiple camel clutches, and a trap hole. Camel camel clutch. The uh the crowd, God bless them, stayed in it. Like, like and they've had a big night. I mean they had Brett and Austin and the the street fight with the nation. Yeah. And and like and then this. So for them to still be hot is pretty good. Uh, Taker finally gets to close Mania as a world champion. I think a little shine is off with Brett. Like I think I think Brett interfering twice would have been would have been enough if Taker then like fights did another minute later and, and pins him. I think yeah. him pinning him directly off Brett's third interference felt like a little bit much. Yeah. Protecting of Sid. Uh, I know it was more to get Brett over as a dick, but um, you know Sid's good in the role. He's held up better than expected, and it helped Taker. You know, it helped Taker beating him mean something because of how Sid's been built. Yeah, I think that played a role here. So, all in all, it's it's a boring match. It's not one I'm clamoring to rewatch. I just think I find the atmosphere and everything around it to be more interesting than the match itself. Yeah, I I think this is the worst match we've watched for in this ring, project. Yeah, I mean. Let's call this just the modern era. Like, I, it's hard to get a vibe or anything pre. I don't know. Backlane Graham, I, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, it, uh, since then, yes. Yeah, but I mean, even Backlane Graham wasn't really boring. Like, this was right. boring. Like, that's the that's the issue. No, I, I just mean I don't mean it's the worst since then. I just mean anything yeah. before that's hard to quantify. So let's let's throw that's the true. stake in the ground that that's like the first real match of this thing that we have. This is definitely the worst. <laughs> Yes. So I'm at a two for match quality. Yeah. Um, I went. Hang on. I was scrolled over and I saw a five. I'm like, that can't be the case. No, that's oh, what it, you put. Yeah. Well, I had. I mean, our our baseline grades are different. I guess. I mean, I had it at two and a half, which is like a average match. So yeah. two and a half out of five is a five out of ten for me. No, that makes total sense. I think I have it at one. Right. So like. I didn't like, think it was that bad. It's a, it's the worst WrestleMania main event to this point, right? Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, WrestleMania main events have generally been pretty good. Is it the worst WrestleMania main event of all time? Uh, and it, that pains me as as Sid is involved. I don't know. I I haven't. Wa- I mean, I'm going to be getting to it very soon. Like I haven't watched Triple H Orton in a while. Yeah, that's longer. Reigns than... Triple H. Yeah, I, again, like they're just they're, those matches overstay their welcome because they're just too long, right? right. Well, this is uh, the same. I mean, if you cut this yeah. down to, to eleven minutes and eliminate three of those rest holds, yeah. like it's different. I, I don't think that's any different than like saying Reigns and Triple H should be eight minutes, you know, instead of fifteen or whatever it is. Reigns and Triple H should be thirty seconds. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> trying to give them some, some, something, but yeah, but, I mean, uh, it's it's up there. It's it's probably a bottom four, three or four. Yeah, and the rest all involve Triple H. But I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like that. For me, it's not that much worse than like Hogan said. I know you like Hogan said a lot, and I, I liked it more when I watched it for Place to Be. But like, I don't think it's dramatically off of that. I think and I think what helps off. this is the crowd, Sean, Brett. It's everything around it that adds to it. You know. I find there's no I don't find that match with Hogan Sid Bor like I feel like that match moves the whole time. Right. Like there's no there's no But extended... it's quicker, right? How long is that match? 
Oh, it's like 12 minutes, I think. Give me that here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. That's what course. they need. They have the template from a few years. That's a, they should just follow that exact template. They had Taker, Diesel, and and Hogan Sid to follow. But the truth of that is that that's it's. Oh no! Oh, by the shit. way, you're, you're off. Hogan, Hogan Sid, Sid is, is 18 and a half. Yeah, and I find it goes by so much faster than this. But it's just because the pro. I think the problem here lies with the fact that it's the Undertaker in there, and like. Hogan, for whatever you want to say about him as a worker, certainly had uh, an in- uh, a kinetic, intense energy to all of his matches. Right. Right? It's, it's, yeah. So, yeah, we don't need to rehash Hogan Sid again. because is, is Brett Yoko worse from 10? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably up there. I, I just didn't mind it. Like, I just... I just found it to be a replacement level, I guess. Like, and it's just, I think for a, I mean, a two and a half is my replacement level grade for stuff. So I yeah. think, I just think what hurts it is it's a WrestleMania world title main event. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think if Brett Austin main events the show, you look at it a little bit differently, right? Of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, I'm at a five for significance. Um, I think it's like, it, Taker gets a pretty good reign out of this, and there's a significance, too, in the stabilizing fact that – excuse me, the stabilizing element that Taker brings to it after this Mm -hmm. because we had that chaos, and I think if we had chaos all the time, we'd get bored of it. I think 1999 kind of bears that out, and we'll we'll see when we get there. But like I find that like out of all the chaos, Taker's the right guy to stabilize everything. And he had never had that run, so it meant a lot. Like, yeah, after being around for five and a half years and being super over for the last four, he is like, finally, they're going to give him the run. Not just the day, not the week. He's going to get a multi-month reign as the guy driving the promotion, which he hasn't right. had. So, yeah, I think that's significant in its own right. Uh, you know, it's pretty much the end of Sid's run for all intents and purposes. So, you know, not much going there. He's he's essentially done after this. He only really wrestles a couple more times, I think. So yeah, and then he's in that car accident. Yeah. So significance wise for him, there's not much, but you know, it's also plays a role in Bret Hart's heel turn, which obviously is a major driving factor for 1997. So right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Where are you for significance? Did you say your score? Five. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Um, for the moment, I'm at a five. I was at four, but as we were talking through it, I bumped it up. I just think like I, because I think it was, well, we'll talk about it later, but I thought it was a pretty obvious ending. Um, but I think with all the chaos and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, that's what bumps up to a five for me. Yeah, I went six. Um, all the stuff you just said, the chaos with Bret, Taker finally winning. He's got the old school gear on, you know, they play up the darkest days are here. Like all that felt cool. To me, it was all about like Taker finally getting his shine after years of, I don't want to say carrying the promotion, but being just super over dealing with all the slop year after year. And they finally give him his moment. Yeah. And and I kind of touched on it a bit before when I said he was like the stabilizing factor. But I think when you have like all of these guys that are vying for the title, it's good at like it's good to have that strong champion that's going to be a challenge to beat. And that's what Undertaker becomes here. Yep. Yep. I agree. 
Uh, I'm gonna three for build. I mean, the build was what it was. Like we talked about the cage match, but that's mm-hmm. kind of it. Like Taker's just the number one contender, and we get that cage match. Yeah, three feels high. I mean, I have a three, but it feels high. I'm looking at it. Uh, I guess I was kind of factoring in a little bit of like the Sid Brett stuff as well, like getting here. I guess sure. I don't know. So whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's that crazy. Um, and as for aftermath, I'm at a six. Um, I, I like Taker's run. It doesn't produce any really great matches um, until Canadian Stampede, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I don't know. Like, at the time, I was not a fan of The Undertaker. I think if I went back and watched all the Raws now, I'd probably be more into it because we're getting into all the Kane stuff now too that's right. about, to, about to happen. But um, – I just wish there was a little more meat in terms of like great matches coming out of that rain. Yeah, I gave it a seven. Um, you know, I think it's a pretty infamous rain and you know, he, he drives the promotion for the summer. You get the Paul Bearer stuff with the fire. You get the rematch with Foley. He gets Austin's like kind of first real solo world title match on pay-per-view mm-hmm. in May. He's a big part of like the, you know, Ahmed heel turn and all that shit. And then yeah, he's got he's got he's got stampede, and all through it he's doing with Paul Bear and Kane the Kane reveal, so I, yeah. I think it's I think it's I think it's a significantly big rain, and it's during a time, and again this is a talking point we've been hammering on on the raw side on Wrestling Warzone, is that with that taping cycle, you don't get the stars every week like you may see right. Taker once a month or twice a month at most. Now in the modern, this Taker is really the first world champion in the modern WWF TV era where you're on every week doing something. Yeah. That's, that had never happened before this. Like there'd be weeks yeah. at a time with no Sean in 96, you know, on Raw. So this is the first time we're on a Taker. I would bet he's on pretty much every week. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, he's a, the busiest champion probably tele- television wise ever. At this point, you know I what mean, Hogan was probably busier. Obviously, house show oh, and house travel. shows, yeah, but, yeah. But on TV, like for everyone, Taker is really the first like televised workhorse champion. Even even Brett, who is portrayed that way, wasn't was on Raw that. every week in '93 and '94. He might be the closest, but well, he's garbage. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna bump it up to a seven also for aftermath. I think, yeah. Uh, so that lands Undertaker Sid at number 48. Uh, excuse me, not number 48, at a score, score of 48. 48. Yeah. Um, so those are the matches for tonight. And that brings us. And we both uh, have that as an obvious title change, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't have. Yeah, I couldn't. Have. I mean, we, we kind of talked about how, well, I guess with the chaos, Sid could win it. Right. Uh, but, you know, in the end, he wasn't going to. As sad as I was. Um, so this, with these two matches, we have now dealt with 34 matches mm. in this thing. And, uh, the raw match that we talked about earlier with Bret Hart is 24th out of 34. I mean, I think that feels a little higher than you might've thought when we yep. t- first talked about it. Right. So let's look at what's below it. We got Savage Flair on prime time. I yep. think those two matches actually feel similar. Yep. yep you know, yep. that one has razor interfering at the end and costing them and, uh, kind of out of nowhere on TV a little bit, but kind of obvious when you look at it. So I, I think I think it's actually a pretty good comp. I, I think it's pretty good that they yep. lose. 
landed together. Below that's Pedro Koloff, like we talked about. Like those matches are kind of really no guesstimated. Yeah. Then you got Hogan Yoko, Bright Yoko from '93. Um, yeah. I know. Looking back, it's Hogan Yoko feels a little low. I think we just did, weren't we just didn't give a lot of credence to like Yoko's reign and all that after. But the moment, I think maybe we underrated a little. Which one, uh, Hogan Yoko? Yeah, like ending Hulkamania and all that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, to me, that year feels like such a wasted year in company history. Mm. And it starts with that. So I don't know how much I want to reward that. Right. I mean, me. we got we got Warrior Slaughter below it. Hogan Taker, sorry, there's 91s below it. So, yeah. I mean, Brett said that's a pretty decent ranking. Like, there's some big title changes below it. Oh, yeah. Sure. 100% for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, look, even even Hogo, Hogan Yoko from WrestleMania 9 is quite a ways below it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I would – so for as for the other match, uh, Undertaker versus Psycho Sid, way higher than I would have thought. That's It's yeah. 15th. It's in the top half. Well, it just shows you that this project – and it's it's similar to War, like Dirty War, or the Mia Marcus's podcast. It just – this project – just goes way deeper and way beyond in in ring action yeah you know like when you look at marcus and i's and how these pay-per-view shake out that we're doing the in-ring action doesn't wait heavily the shows that do better are the ones with the moments the importance uh the memorable rewatchable things that happen yeah. and this project is very similar right we really base it on uh the significance the importance of the moment itself how they build to it how they follow up so yeah, I mean, Sid Taker in a vacuum, if you were to just break, if it might be fun at the end of this to like just rank them by each individual category to see how they do, right? right. Like, like match quality, that's that's probably one near the bottom for us. Right. But, um, you know, overall, when you factor in everything we just talked about, the moment, the aftermath, et cetera, it's, it finishes pretty high. Now, I mean, it's still 30 points behind first place, but. But, but the first place is Bro Rumble 1992, right? <laughs> yes. Like so, it's like it's legitimately one of the greatest matches, greatest moments mm-hmm. of all time. Uh, now, remind me again, what was our what's our tiebreaker when something's tied? I think we went with importance, total grade of importance. Okay. I think. Okay, that makes sense. Importance is number four, right? Yeah, I don't think it's match quality. I think we went with. No, no, I know it's not match quality. I couldn't remember if it was. Wait, we don't have a category. Uh, like significance. I think it's like significance. Significance. That's right. So that's our second category. Because as I'm looking at our, at our um, ten and nine, if it is significance, yeah, it just ekes it out, I guess. Um, so uh, anything to anything else to add about Taker and Sid before we go through our top ten? No, I think it. You know, I think we just said everything has to say about it. I mean, I guess one one interesting thing is it finishes right above Final Four, which yeah, I know. Which I, I would have been that that to me is the more surprising fact. And what hurts Final Four is that the match, you know, that title reign ends the next night. So yeah, it really kind of got dinged. I mean, we still gave it a little bit of credit for aftermath, but yeah. So all right, let's do our top ten. So at number 10 uh, from the 1996 Survivor Series, Shawn Michaels versus Psycho Sid uh, with a score of 57. Actually, I'd like to do our top 11 here because 
I just like the symmetry of the three Survivor Series matches. So number 11 is Bret Hart, sure. Bob Backlund, Survivor Series 94. You just mentioned number 10 was Sean and said 96. And number nine is Bret Hart versus Diesel, Survivor Series 95. And those are yeah. all, you know, 95 and 96 are tied. And 94 is two points behind it. So it's just kind of cool that three years in a row, they have yeah. like a, a really top 10 world title change of Survivor Series. And I would say that the next year's Survivor Series is probably going to be Close. I mean, I, it'll be maybe up higher. around there, probably, yeah. maybe higher, yeah. And then our next five are all WrestleManias, which is cool. That's right. So number eight is Bret Hart Yokozuna from WrestleMania 10. Which is proof that in-ring does not really matter for this project. Uh, right about that, it's Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania 6. 67. Then uh, Randy Savage versus Ted DiBiase from WrestleMania 4, with, also with 67. Which shows that, yes, I think we use significance for the... Yeah, the tiebreaker. Uh, right about that, Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage from WrestleMania Five with 69 points. Yeah, and then we're into the 70s with the number four, 72 points for Randy Savage versus Ric Flair from WrestleMania Eight. And our top three, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant for the main event uh, from February '88 with a 75. One point ahead at 76 is Hulk Hogan dethroning the Iron Sheik, uh, January '84 MSG. And our number one world title change of all time. Ric Flair winning the 1992 Royal Rumble with a score of 78. So it's like eyeballing this right away, right? Like, I mean, this feels obvious, but Hogan's got like four matches in the top seven. Yeah. Like, and so like, I know, I know like, you know, I would say from like the nineties on, it became this kind of Mm -hmm. chic thing to do to trash Hogan and how terrible he was for business. But like some of our most favorite moments and title changes, they all involve him. Yeah. I mean, he's just in a large chunk of them, too, in that time period when it meant a little bit more. Like, he right, he like del- yeah, he delivers it. Right. Like if nothing else, like in the big match, he really does deliver. Right. The ones past that, the promotions is down. Uh, yeah. I'll be curious as we move ahead, like how many of those stay, you know, Um like, what's, mean, the, what's the cup point where they start to drop a bit? Like everything from WrestleMania eight up, like four up feels safe ish, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think All right. So, so we, we'll be back. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, I didn't have anything else to say. Okay. We'll be back in a month. Uh, not, we'll be back before that on no holds barred, but this project will be back yeah. in a month. And we have a very interesting match to talk about, right? So we're, we're going to yeah. talk all about Bret Hart versus the undertaker. Summer Sam, 1997. Yeah, and I remember when I rewatched, not when I rewatched for the year that was, but years ago I did a project for um, PlaceToBeNation.com where I ranked all the Summer Slams and people got very angry. Um, but I remember this match being the revelation to me in terms of quality that I never appreciated before. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's a spoiler. To sit here and say that one could be a contender. Yeah, I think it's going to do well. When you think of everything that goes into it, the <laughs> quality of the match, the moment, significance, the build, like it's got a lot going for it. So, yeah, uh, we'll see what that shakes out. And then in two months, we'll we'll talk Montreal. So we got a couple yeah. big ones uh, coming up as we're already through 97 in our next two episodes. Uh, we have some changes coming in a host Bard as well. Like, I think we're still ironing some of it out. Yeah. Positive changes um, where you may actually get a little bit more. Uh, I guess we could probably say, I don't think we really talked about it. Now we're into the rumbles. I don't want to say it's done. It's, it's on a extended hiatus at the moment. 
yeah. it's just, it's a very time-consuming podcast to do. It's the prep. Um, the yeah, prep it, is is yeah. is too much right now. So we're putting that aside, but that doesn't mean you're gonna get less of us. I think it might just lead to like us doing more of this type of stuff. Yeah. So we're working that out. We'll talk about it. We know at the very least, our next episode is going to be revealing our final 2022 greatest 30 wrestler ever lists. Yes. You know, we're doing that project all year. We're gonna pay it off. As we get into 23, No Holds Barred is definitely gonna change a little bit. Like we're gonna figure out what's gonna replace GWE. Are we going to do more No Holds Bards in place of the Rumble? Like, eh, it's all in place. So just a little transparency for you where we're, where we're thinking here. We'll have more for you soon, but that's that's what we're looking at. We get some stuff in mind um, that we'll get to. I also want to plug our newest show that you and I are part of, part of uh, No So Group Chat Confidential. <laughs> I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, honestly, you were one of the main drivers to put this idea in my head because I'm in a couple of different chats, like one with you, me, and Chad are in one with me, you and Marcus and mainly you and Marcus would go back and forth a lot with like these right. voice memos because you're both driving a lot. Um, yeah. So it provided me with a lot of entertainment because I would just like listen back. It's, it's like watching a tennis match. Like you'd give your right. thought, you'd give his thought, you'd give your thought. So I go back and forth and it hit me the other day. I'm like, man, we have so much quality wrestling discussion in audio form just sitting in these chat messages. Um, why not give it a shot to see if it could like be something that people may want to listen to right so um we decided to extend that chat to kind of like the north south connection i don't know it's a brain trust but yeah i mean it's, it's kind of the seven or eight folks that really kind of drive the, the direction of the content uh we created a little chat and we just talked about different wrestling things uh it's about 45 minutes long episode one and it's done all entirely in just voice messages on facebook messenger and it's all edited together uh and i think it's a lot of, i think it's a cool concept um i think it's a lot of fun so we're curious feedback if you guys enjoy it like i think listening to it you won't notice too much of a difference than a normal podcast but it was definitely interesting to put together because it allows us to kind of just free free fall uh free form as we go you know yeah, 100%. And uh, I, I really cherish those conversations we have. So, But I do really think there's some cool value in them also. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So check that out. I, I don't know if we have a set, you know, maybe every couple weeks, every three weeks, whatever that might drop. But we'll see. So uh, we definitely have a little shuffle coming for 2023. Keep an eye out. Until then, Dookie's been dropped. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. See you, Jockass.